Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 13, verses 12 through 20. This is the second part of the narrative dealing with Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. If you listen to our previous devotion, you know toward the end that Jesus used the analogy of bathing versus feet washing. Bathing to indicate that somebody is clean by faith in Christ. And he specifically pointed out that Judas, one of those whose feet had been washed, was not clean. This, of course, is Judas, who is going to betray him shortly. Let's pick it up in verse 12. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So let's stop there and process this a little bit. First of all, Jesus is clear that he's doing this as an example for his disciples to follow. If he, the Lord and teacher, can get down on his knees and humble himself and wash the feet of his disciples, who are obviously, if you're going to draw an org chart of Jesus' ministry, they're obviously under him. But if he can do that in that situation, then they can do that to each other and others who they come in contact with, maybe not necessarily specifically wash their feet, literally, but serve them, regardless of their position or the position of those who they are serving. I think when he says a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him, I think he has double meaning there. In one sense, he's saying, you guys aren't greater than me, and so if I'm willing to do this, you need to be willing to do this. In another sense, I think he's reminding them of what he just said a couple sections ago, that is that he is submitted to to his father. He's the messenger that his father sent to the world, and he is not greater than the one who sent him, which is why he's submitting. Of course, as we talked about in that text two devotions ago, that's a perplexing concept that Jesus is God. He is one equal part of the Trinity alongside God the Father, but when he comes to earth, he submits himself to God the Father, the Trinity being one of the most mysterious concepts in Scripture. But I think Jesus is suggesting to them, hey, listen, if I'm willing to submit myself to my father who I'm equal with, you all can be willing to submit yourselves to each other who you're equal with. And in this sense, you capture the heart of what it is to wash one another's feet. In verse 18, he says some more words about Judas that give us clarity about Judas's position in all this. He says, I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. Quote, he who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. This is a quote from Psalm 41, 9, which relates to Absalom, David's son's rebellion against his father, King David. And it raises an interesting question to ponder. How did Judas make the cut to be one of Jesus' disciples if he was never going to be part of those who were true believers. Obviously, God used Judas to complete his plan by helping get Jesus to the cross so he could sacrifice himself for our sin. And so because God used Judas, an evil non-believer, to do an evil thing for his good purposes, what about us? Does that mean we can be a little bit lax on the filtering end of 
putting people in ministry positions. We're a little bit lax about who we surround ourselves with in the church or in ministry. I don't think that's the case. I think this is a unique one-off situation where God did what God did for his purposes, but we shouldn't repeat it. I think this text and our previous text, along with some other texts in scripture, make it pretty clear that Judas did not go to heaven when he died because he did not trust Jesus Christ. At one point after he hung himself, Jesus said it would have been better for him if he had never been born. Those are pretty damning words. Let's continue in verse 19. Jesus talking about the fact that he just told them in so many words that Judas was going to betray him. He says, I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. I think this is extremely gracious of Jesus. He's done this before to give these kind of breadcrumbs along the way so that after he's betrayed by Judas, after he's arrested and crucified, after he rises again, having told his disciples certain details about what's going to happen, like the Son of Man will be lifted up. When they look back on it, they're going to go, man, he knew this was going to happen ahead of time, and it's going to embolden their faith. It's going to help them stave off the doubt that maybe would make them question whether Jesus is actually the Messiah, despite the fact they've seen these miracles, this death and resurrection. And God does that with us today. He gives us evidence. He gives us a rational mind that can evaluate the facts of the matter. And when we hold the scriptures or the ministry of Jesus Christ, his miracles, his death, and resurrection against alternative views, because of the facts of the matter, we can have faith in them. The Christian faith is ultimately faith. It is believing in what we do not see. But it's not just blind faith. In order to be a Christian, we don't have to check our brain at the door. It's not like there's no evidence. It's not like believing what we believe about what the Bible says is totally at odds with how our rational minds work. And here Jesus is just kind of throwing them a bone. He's telling them, Judas is going to betray me. And the reason I'm telling you this right now is so when it happens, when you see it happen, then you'll have a greater reason to believe. Finally, verse 20, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me, the one who sent me. This verse refers to the disciples that Jesus is going to send out here shortly, but I think it refers to any true Christian today who, by virtue of their faith in Christ, is, in a sense, sent out by God to be an ambassador for Christ, a minister of the truth of God's word. Jesus is saying, I'm going to receive anyone who receives the message that they take, and whoever receives the message that they preach, that they take, the gospel that goes out, whoever receives that message and receives me, Jesus Christ, they also receive the one who sent me, my Father, God. In wrapping up this text on Jesus washing his disciples' feet, kind of as an afterthought, if you want to study and look into this on your own, there's been debate throughout the history of the church as to whether foot washing should be a sacrament. I don't know of any denomination or church where it is. There are some arguments that could be made for making it a sacrament, and there are arguments that have been made that have kept it from being a sacrament. Nevertheless, it's an interesting study for anyone who wants to check it out, so you can look that up on your own. Come back for more next time. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The 
family leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At the family leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.